0: Hello and welcome to the Retro Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales to acquire more customers so you as a business can achieve your vision. And we are here with co-founder and attribution and data analytics extraordinaire subject matter expert of the world, of the planet, of the universe, that is. None other than Austin Harrison He's a co-founder of NorthBeam, who we've mentioned here on the show so many times, and you're probably sick of hearing us reference Northbeam, myself and Cossum, who is taking today off. We gave him the day off, him and his million-dollar-a-month salary here on perpetual traffic. And it's about <laughs> time we have Austin on the show, for crying out loud. We've hung out plenty of times, drank many a Gibson together, although don't tell my wife, had a couple of good steaks, I think, along <laughs> the way. And finally, here you are on perpetual traffic hanging out. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me.
1: Appreciate it, Ralph. Good to be here.
0: Yeah. So today's show, just as a reminder, we're also over on YouTube. So we release these pretty much the same day. Now, Austin, we're so technologically advanced here at Perpetual Traffic. Go over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. You can see myself and Austin over there. And before we get into today's show, which is just a question we've never asked on PT, we've been doing this show for seven plus years, Austin. So I'm glad you're here so we can finally answer this question once and for all. When do I need a third party tool to help me with my attribution, scaling of my company, growing of my company? And the answer to that question is what we're going to answer here today. So before we get into that, Do you have a nugget for our listener that maybe hints at a little bit of the sort of stuff we're going to be talking about on today's show? Sure, yeah.
1: I would say one idea would be if you're investing in video content and brand, which is always a step in the growth journey of a business. You're doing a lot of direct response work. You decide to invest in better video creative and you know, you're going to push on video-based networks, whether that's TV or just the digital channels for video. And you may not see immediate conversion a lot of times. So what you're going to want to do is look for other metrics that give you signal into either future revenue or revenue the moment. A good one would be email sign-up rate. Right? You're running a lot of video content online and you're acquiring more emails than you have They're directly attributable to whatever that video channel is or Just overall, because your brand is lifted, you're seeing an elevation. So you may not be able to see whether it's YouTube or Meta or TikTok, wherever you're running video, you may not see that immediate conversion, but you got to look elsewhere for signal and the email
0: signup rate is a good one. This is a bit of a black hole for a lot of our listeners is, all right, I'm running videos. I know I'm supposed to be doing this. And maybe I'm a brand that's trying to get to that next level of scale where I've been running website conversion ads straight to a purchase or straight to whatever your ultimate sign up is. It might be like a webinar registration where then they buy on the back end or whatever it happens to be. But in most cases, it's usually it's a purchase. You do a lot of stuff in the e-commerce space, as do we, as does Kasim and his agency. But it's like that middle ground where they're not really taking an action it's always, yeah, I should be doing it. It's like having my vitamins every single day, but I don't really know what the effect is. But then as soon as you turn it off, all of a sudden everything changes. So that's where, depending on where they are in their life cycle or their business, maybe a third-party tool might be advantageous there. But from your perspective, how do you really do it? Let's say that you're running Facebook ads, video just brand awareness or like higher level video view or you're running YouTube ads, but you're not seeing direct sales from that, how do you merge the two and fill in the effect of those things? What's the best strategy that you found?
1: Yeah, I think a good example would be you're running video, you're not seeing immediate conversions, but you are seeing email signups for the sake of discussion here. And and then you do an email drop 30 days later or whatever time frame when you normally... You're going to look for an email revenue boost, right? Hey, is email revenue going up when I drop emails from all those new folks I acquired? Am I generating more revenue than I used to? Really just simple, very basic way to look at it. The other thing you could look at is, am I getting a higher click-through on my other channels? Like, Has my performance increased on other channels? That's another one you can look at makes a lot of sense or am I getting a lot more new visitors to my website than I used to is my new customer visit rate higher than it used to be so those are the kind of things you're going to want to be looking for you're looking for some kind of signal around the investment in brand right the investment in video content isn't just trying to get someone to convert that day or that week so you got to find ways to figure out your ROI on that investment
0: It's a challenge to do it. I equate this question back to a conversation with with a CEO and a group that I belong to. And he's like, the only way that I ever know if my video stuff is working is if I shut it off. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, When I shut it off, all of a sudden I don't get any more emails. And then I pay the price 30 to 60 days down the road when they buy through my email drop. That level of person might be somebody who might benefit from today's show, but what would be your recommendation there? Just keep doing it if you're not doing it. like This is where so many businesses in that middle ground, they don't really know what to do aside from, oh, I'm going to increase, I'm going to double the budget, and hopefully I get double the emails, or I'm going to cut it off completely and see if my business suffers. And neither way is really scientific, but it is a way to show. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we created NorthBeam to help with that
1: problem, but... I would discourage folks from paying for Northbeam or any other software tool without really learning on your own, starting to have a baseline understanding of what's going on to the best of your ability. And if you are going to invest heavily in growth, then I know Ralph, you and I were talking offline around, when do I need something like Northbeam or another provider? It's when you're really aggressively scaling and, or you're really confused about your efficiency. But I know plenty of brands that are growing and they don't need Norpene. They're doing fine. They're small, you know, whatever. Generally, folks that are still fine tuning, I think you need software tools when you're aggressively scaling, making some big decisions where the risk of not being scientific, like very scientific, is high. But I encourage folks to do what we just talked about, which is try to figure it out on your own first.
0: Try and figure it out on your own. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about here today. Like when you actually do need that tool. And a lot of it does have to do with, spoiler alert, it's business owner mindset of, hey, I've got a great business. I'm kind of happy where I'm at. Or do I want to get to that next level? But I think there's certain gradations. There's certain gradients within that next level, which we'll get into right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear. using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we're here with Austin Harrison, co-founder of Northbeam, one of our favorite third-party tracking platforms. I try not to play favorites here. I try to be like Switzerland on perpetual traffic, but obviously you're here. We've had other third-party tracking platforms on the show as well. But the question that think is on a lot of people's minds is that at what point do i need this at what point do i need a deeper level of tracking and because when i think about businesses in general we run the span we have a very much a startup local regional type of customer that we have an entire division for they do not need what we're talking about here today because they're not at that level would it help yes it would help but it might be cost prohibitive. So maybe if we can sort of explain in your mind, at what level do you see it? Because obviously Northbeam deals with some massive customers, like enterprise level, but you also have an understanding of probably that mid market, maybe less so on the smaller market, because it's not real. This isn't really the tool necessarily for them. If you've got a pizza parlor down the corner, you probably don't need Northbeam to track your customers is my guess. But at what level of revenue or aggressiveness from a business owner perspective, should you start to consider a third party tracking platform? Because it starts to get muddy at a certain point, especially when you have all types of media channels. You've got email, you've got Amazon, you've got you know Google, you've got Facebook, obviously, you've got all the meta platforms. So talk to me about how you view it as a worldview when a business probably needs something like a, North Yeah, I think it's a really important
1: topic because we don't want folks paying for Northbeam or any other software tool that does attribution and what we do now, forecasting and modeling. So outside of just pure attribution is where Northbeam is focused. So forecasting revenue for the month and the future. You could argue conceptually, that sounds good for any business, but we feel that it's not really the size of the business in terms of revenue. But it's their focus on scaling or investment in scaling. So are you going to invest in 5, 10 channels, Amazon, YouTube, Meta, TikTok, TV? Like, How aggressively are you going to scale? Because if you're just going to kind of move along slowly, we would discourage you from using Northbeam or another tool. If your efficiency is really high, you've got your system dialed in and you feel like you're in a good place, we would also discourage you from paying for Northbeam or anything else. It's not even the revenue size, it's when you're really going to press on the gas and invest in scaling. And if you're a business that wants to keep it simple, which we think is great, there's nothing wrong with that, then it's nice to have Nordbeam or any other software tool, but we think people can survive without it.
0: So you get to a level where you all of a sudden no longer dependent on just one channel. So it sort of seems like as soon as that happens... From my perspective, I mean, everyone sort of gets brand name search and some level of branded SEO. So there's going to always be that on that side of the equation. But let's say if you are running meta ads and that's it, and you don't have any sort of marketing mix whatsoever, but maybe you're scaled up. I have a call with a potential customer in a couple of hours, like they're spending anywhere between 300000 and a million dollars a month. It's all on meta, really, basically. Uh, Maybe a little bit of Google branded search. And things are getting a little cloudy here because, I mean, they collect emails like we talked about at the beginning of the show. They want to be able to attribute where is that email sale coming from? And at about a couple hundred thousand, they want to double that to $30 million business. They want to go from 30 to $60 million. Like, they're a candidate for a third party attribution tool, but are they coming to the party a little bit late, in your opinion, or should they have done that a little bit earlier? Because that's not always an accurate picture just on one platform, obviously, as you know. Yeah, I mean, the advantage of a third party tool, whether it's Nordbeam or, or something that is in our sphere,
1: would be a longer attribution window. And that is attribution. You've got a seven day window. If you're spending that much money and you want to see your return after 30 or 60 days, that's something that is important, especially at that spend level. Because if you have a high AOV, if you're selling something that's eight, 10 bucks, 12 bucks, maybe you're capturing a lot of that value within that seven days of the spend, right? But if the AOV is higher and the consideration cycle is longer, or there's a lot of repeat purchasing, then it's good to implement something third party. There's always ways to help yourself, I believe, that may or may not be sufficient, depending on how you do it. If you're on one channel, if you're on one channel, I don't think it's too late. I don't think it's too late to get tracking in order. They can help you figure out which campaigns are the ones to scale or which ads faster when you're really investing in growth. So we have a customer, just to give you context, over Labor Day weekend, they spent $120,000 on Meta in that day. And they were using North Beam to calibrate throughout the day adjusting spend per campaign per ad based on our data flowing through. That's on a daily basis. They're spending a lot. They wanted to actually spend more. That's a whole nother can of worms. But I think that's where Northbeam gives you signal when you're really investing on big... So like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, big sale periods, you're getting very fast signal through Northbeam.
0: So it's attribution window it's your customer life cycle from first touch to final purchase is a factor here as well. So if it's beyond that 7 day let's just say in the 7 day the Meta advertiser we have a fair amount of customers that do offline conversions and use the 90 day window for offline which is super super helpful. But I mean in most cases if you're a $10, $20, $30 product, and you know people are typically going to convert, it's not a higher consideration purchase. Seven days can pretty much cover it for you, and you don't necessarily need it all things being equal is, is what I'm I hearing. I think so. About. I
1: mean, if you have a higher repurchase rate, that could be different. I looked
0: inside of Nordbeam for one of our customers,
1: and I looked you know, 18 months later at their meta ROAS on one particular ad set and it was like more than 2x what it was i think it went from a 2 to a 4.3 or something like that over an 18 month span so if you're planning and doing business planning you're trying to figure out okay if i invest in growth now what's that going to look like in four months and six months and eight months if you're doing kind of overall business planning i think that's where even if you're aov small like we're talking about if there's a repeat purchase rate or upselling or whatever the case may be, then you may want to have a longer window too. So there's exceptions to that kind of low aid AOB rule.
0: Yeah. We talked to owners about this. It's like investing in that front end, maybe not, (laughs) maybe not quite yet conversion layer. I mean, we call that the awareness or consideration phase and investing more there if you have the war chest to invest as well i mean let's not forget like if you're investing in a million dollars a month in youtube ads but your life cycle it's a six to nine month cycle that's a lot of advertising that you have to front or get from venture capital or bootstrap on your own in order to make that business really work. So current finances present day has a lot to do with it. I mean, is this the type of conversations that you oftentimes have with Northbeam customers? they're asking you, like, what should I do here? The answer is always, yeah, it depends in a lot of different scenarios. But how do you advise people on that to be able to be comfortable with investing today, even if they don't see the return outside of the seven day window, for example, for maybe the smaller businesses, but like if it's 30, 60, 90 days, like how do you talk to them about that? Because you're always sort of taking that risk. You didn't really know if that email that you collect today is the one that's actually going to create the sale 30, 60, 90 days down the road.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of a lot of experimentation. Trying a lot of different things. The great thing about Northbeam theme over the last, you know, four and a half years is just seeing brands go from five million to fifty million, or fifteen million to 180 million in revenue. We've watched a lot of brands go through that journey in their scale process. The common theme is lots of experimentation with different channels. Meaning trying influencer, trying YouTube, trying TikTok, trying new creative, trying new, you know, really experimenting on a micro scale with a lot of different things and then looking for a signal to see, okay, what's working, what isn't. Sometimes it's all of those things together is where they turn the corner. You could just do YouTube, you're doing okay, there's a small blip, but then YouTube influencer. And now your YouTube paid is lifted by YouTube influencer and vice versa. Now the two together are driving me versus one or the other on their own weren't cutting it. So you're looking for that media mix. Everyone's looking for like that one thing. It's like, oh, if I just do this one thing, my business is going to take off. That's rarely the case. Are there exceptions? Sure. But from what I've seen, of course, there's exceptions with products that go viral. But like when you think about the long-term sustainable brands, they develop a mix and a playbook that lifts overall MER or ROAS and they're all working like a symphony is the idea. And that's almost like building your orchestra. What is my orchestra for my brand and my industry? Figuring that out is kind of the key. And of course, if you're smaller, you, know, you want to investigate what the successful brands are. You know, what is the orchestra? Do I need a violin? Do I need a cello? Do I need a flute in my particular industry? And then you start to experiment within those. But it's tricky because it'd be nice if it was just one thing. Okay, I'm just going to launch on this one channel, and now I'm all set. And I'm just going to spend. Can it happen? Yes. But generally speaking, for the long term, you need to develop
0: a media mix that is going to work for you. It's a great analogy. I have a visualization here of the conductor in the orchestra and then they have one violin that's your first facebook campaign and then you get more scale and you add more budget now you have two violins now you do some lateral scaling you add some more audiences get some different messaging now you've got three or four violins but now you've got what is that is when there's like three or four violins together and nothing else is that a concerto i don't even know i have known nothing about classical music but then it's like all right well we've kind of reached a level of scale. And we see this all the time, Austin. It's like one trick pony, one channel. I can't get any bigger. That current agency that I'm working with says I can't work this any higher. We've basically maxed out this massive market. We see it all the time in health and beauty. We see it all the time in apparel. We see it all the time in the supplement space, for example. And then you start adding other channels. And they're always so... They want to scale, but I always find it's the business owner that stands in the way. It's like, oh, well, if I don't get the return, I'm not going to spend. And so I'm not going to go to those other channels. Or I'm not going to start investing in a brand strategy and maybe a middle market or a middle of the funnel consideration kind of strategy. that doesn't get me the return right now, but otherwise they're just going to be flat or they'll penetrate the market with a single message. And everyone that's in market in the website conversion campaign has already seen their ad and they have to figure out a way to scale to that next level. And I've always found that business owners, whether this is directors or marketing, owner operators, To take that next step is always the scariest because you're like this might not work, but you have to test it. You're like you have to test. You have to bring in the oboe guy and then bring in the cello guy and bring in the little guy that has the little symbol thingy. You got to test all these different areas and see like where you're getting lift. Is that a challenge? Like how do you deal with that? With individual business owners, because to use your stuff, like obviously that type of third party software is very helpful in being able to sort all this out. But a lot of times it's the business owner itself that's the resistance. Yeah, I mean, I'm sympathetic to the business owner. We're very sympathetic. And quite
1: frankly, that's why we started Northbeam because our co-founder, Dan Wang, is honors sees as an AI at Stanford and very bright, bright guy and had experience in e-com and scaling out channels, including TV. He worked at Twitter now, guess, on their trending algorithm, and did some really exciting machine learning work there. But he also worked in direct consumer, and he was trying to measure running ads on NFL football games and Meta and on Google and different channels. So he saw the problem firsthand, just like I did. And as a business owner, it's kind of scary to listen to people that all are telling you you're making money and that everything is worth doing. So as a business owner, they're rightfully skeptical, in, in our minds. Because we were there. Dan and I had been there. It's like, everyone's telling you to increase the budget. Everyone's telling you, oh, it's going to work for you. Again, that's why we started Nortbeam. But at the same time, there's also truth in that, which it's how you do it. It's how much you invest per channel, how you measure that channel, how you measure your whole business. It's obviously hard. It was easy everyone to be scaling everywhere. And again, I'm not trying to do a plug for Nortbeam. I'm just saying, like, regardless of how you figure it out as a business owner, somehow, some way, you have to develop a methodology. When you hear all those people barking at you and saying, go with me, go with me, you have to have some way to measure that impact, to think about, is this going to help me? And again, it's tricky because oftentimes it's a bunch of things working together. It's not one thing. That's why we developed NorthBeam's machine learning-based media mix modeling is exactly for that now we could still do it with our attribution software we launched with in a way but figuring out the right budget allocation amongst channels that's a whole nother can of worms but again very sympathetic to the business owner to be clear because it's hard because you and i know ralph there are people that are gonna tell these business owners to spend more on things that don't make sense it's gonna happen
0: without a shade of a doubt yeah That's why you need, at a certain level, this kind of visibility. So we're going to get into that exact thing right after this commercial break. But So far, we've really, we've gone through, like, at what level do you start considering a third-party attribution software? I mean, I'm saying attribution software, like a a software like you guys at Northbeam or Wicked Reports or Triple Whale, Hyros, Pick Your Poison, Rockerbox, you name it. But obviously, we're impartial to you guys. The point is, is that at a certain point, you're going to need it if you get aggressive, And I think media mix modeling is a huge part of that. You might not be there yet as a business owner, but it's something that you need to understand at this very level if you're going to scale and grow. We're going to get into that right after this quick break. After 15 years and $100 million per year in ad spend under management. Yeah, that's $100 million per year we manage. We've learned a lot. But the most important thing that we've learned that in order to grow your brand to succeed in 2023, you need as many ideal fit customers as you possibly can on as many channels as you can using a system that creates new customers and enhances their lifetime value Over and over again. Now, the market is changing and all those short term hacks, those things don't work anymore. What you need is you need a holistic customer getting methodology. And we have engineered that with a system that we call customer acquisition amplification. Now, customer acquisition amplification is a revolutionary approach to digital marketing that analyzes and identifies opportunities for your customers' growth throughout your entire customer acquisition path. We sniff out the friction, we identify the gaps, and then we find out every missed opportunity in order to take your prospects on the ideal journey from first touch. All the way through to high-value conversion to get them to buy over and over again. And the execution of customer acquisition amplification means every important lever in your sales funnel is both optimized and pulling its respective weight so that you can get the very most from your marketing dollars. So, if you'd like to learn more about customer acquisition amplification what it can do for your business, head on over to tier11.com forward slash camp. That's camp with two A's, C-A-A-M-P tier11.com forward slash camp, download the guide, learn how customer acquisition amplification can grow your business. And if you need our help to execute it, there's links inside that download to schedule a call with our team. All right, so we are here with Austin Harrison from Northbeam. Tell me about what is media mix modeling? And then obviously, you guys have got your own spin on this, but give our folks sort of the high level interpretation of MMM. I think you've probably, if you've been in the digital marketing circles, you probably have heard it bandied about, so to speak. So tell us what it's all about and what you guys maybe do a little bit differently.
1: Yeah, no, it's been around for quite some time, generally used by brands, investing in TV or billboards or things that are really hard to measure in a digital world with digital tracking. You're trying to figure out, very simply, you're trying to figure out the right amount to spend on each individual channel or platform to maximize your overall revenue for the month or for the quarter or whatever the case may be. And that can be measured by total revenue, by ROAS, by CAP. You can build a MMM model based on your target KPIs, your goal for your business. So being developed, we spent at least a year developing a machine learning-based MMM system, which we're excited about and is helping customers figure out their budget allocation per channel. So it can be as simple as you're just spending on Meta and Google and you want to figure out the right ratio. So should it be 80-20? or 70-30 to maximize revenue for the month. And then North Beam is using our machine learning to forecast revenue. So if we spend this much, what do we think revenue will be for that month? That's the way we are rolling out our product and it's been great for customers. But it's an exciting time in the MMM world. I would say mini-mix modeling is good for brands that are diversified in their channel mix and are scaling aggressively, particularly if The revenue sources are offline, whether it's Amazon in its own sphere or, let's say, Target or Walmart in areas that are off of the website.
0: That's a pretty deep solution. That's something that would be very, very valuable if you've got not only just online stuff. For, forget. About, I mean, forget about that, like the offline as well. So it uses machine learning to model the offline behavior based upon online behavior and vice versa? Or what's the key to it? Like what's yeah. inside that black box?
1: Yeah, the key is understanding all of the inputs that drive revenue in retail or overall revenue. So not just retail, but also on the website. So think about the things that drive revenue. So you've got your media spend, right? You've got your email. You've got your promotional schedule, so things you're doing for your brand that are driving interest in retail or conversions on a website. You've got to look at all of those inputs and try to understand what is the likely impact
0: on revenue of all these things. So that's what North is doing today. So give me an example of maybe not a, a specific, you don't have to name, name specific as far as brands yeah. go, but how does this help? I know you guys have got a lot of individual case studies on the site, which we'll leave links in the show notes for, but talk to me about like how this has been able to effectively re-channel, make good decisions based upon data, model data in some cases, because there's not an exact science to it. and Modeling is really kind of the only way to do it as far as I know unless you're using coupon codes in your online ads to you know, redeem in your offline store. That's a little bit sketchy sometimes too. But how has it worked? Maybe talk specifically about a case study Yeah, here. We can just get really practical and get in. I'll give you a, an anonymous customer example. Let's say
1: you're a brand that is both selling on your website, but you're also selling on Amazon and you're also selling in retail. You're trying to understand two things. One... When I spend money on a channel, so let's say TikTok, how does that affect my Amazon revenue? That's one example. So what is the causal relationship between spending on TikTok, making revenue on Amazon? That's one example. Another would be, how much should I spend per channel? How much should I spend on YouTube, Meta, TikTok? What should my mix be, how much per channel, to drive the most revenue, let's say, Amazon, or overall, Amazon plus my website, plus retail. So there is absolutely no way, even with coupon codes, you can understand that whole sphere. Should I spend half my budget on one channel or 10% of it? So that mix with the diversification, that maximizes total revenue. Now, we like the joke in modeling is that all models are wrong. You're never going to be perfect. But the idea is that you're going to be more directionally accurate than, let's say, a human guesstimating is the idea.
0: Follow? I follow 100%. Now, the question is, how has it been used and how has being helped some of these larger brands to be able to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> how does it help me? No, I love that. The way we've helped a brand recently is
1: they've invested more, kind of dovetails back to the beginning of the show. They've invested more in video channels where, that are harder to track. Right, where we're not sure if it's lifting revenue, they've been able to allocate more budget to channels where they're video-based, less direct response-based, because we've seen that it has an impact on total revenue. So that would be the best example. When I think of one brand, we forecasted their revenue for the month. They, they actually exceeded it. But we gave them the confidence
0: to invest more in channels where there's more video, things that are much harder to track. And the modeling takes place in what percentage of the overall actions in most cases? Is it a 70-30 mix? It sort of depends on the individual. Let's talk like maybe a specific case study here. How much of the modeling is a part of the potential decision-making process? Oh, I see. I see. How how confident am I in in being able to say, all right, well, Based upon what I see, I need to start spending more on Facebook, or I need to spend more on this or less on that. What's the confidence interval, yeah, I guess? Maybe that right. might be the, the question. Yeah, that is that is exactly a confidence interval. So
1: whoever you're using in this regard, you want to feel that their model is a fitting model. So what that means is the model does a good job of forecasting and predicting what revenue is going to be. So you're looking to see how well the model fits reality. Meaning if a company says, hey, this should be your mix, but you don't achieve your target outcome, that's not great. Then the model is not accurate. So you want to be above 90% confidence interval, at least is the idea. And the way you test folks, whoever you're using in this sphere, is how well their model predicts the future. How, if they tell you to spend more on meta and they say you're going to hit a certain target, do you actually hit it? So we discourage folks from thinking about MMM as like just a black box. Like, yeah, just trust us. You want to see whether it actually does a good job of helping you hit your goals. When it tells you to spend more or less on a channel
0: in that overall mix, is it successful in helping you reach your goal? That's the key. And in cases like... Let's say you've got TV, you've got OTT, you've got Facebook, you've got Google, you've got TikTok, you've got organic, you've got email Like what usually is the answer? Is it all of the above spend more or is it one a little bit more granular and like what this will show you at a base level? If I'm spending on all those platforms and I'm obviously I'm using email, I'm not spending on email, for example, or SMS. I know that's bottom of funnel. I know I'm probably getting a lot of my last click attribution to that. So it's basically it's like, all right, well, I should do more email. Of course. Well, where are those email coming from? Are they coming from Google? Are they coming from YouTube? Are they coming from Meta? Where are they actually originating from? And then they trickle through the entire process, depending on how long your attribution window is, all things being equal. But having said that, if I'm looking at this MMM model or MMM plus is what you guys talk about, where would I usually have to make those decisions? For me, from a basic level, just spend more overall, incrementally increase, or is it No, like what your recommendations are test here, then test here, then test here, test here. One of the things that we focused on is saying, okay, you don't have to spend more. You could just reallocate
1: your budget at the same budget level, but just allocate more or less to different channels and achieve a higher outcome. So that's what we've been focused on using machine learning. So let's say you're spending 50-50 between two channels. We don't say spend more. We just say change it to 70-30. Does that make sense, Ralph? So rather than say spend more, we think you can unlock growth with a reallocation, not even just spending more, just a reallocation of the same amount. Because you're right, historically, folks have been like, oh, I spend more, make more. But what if you could just reallocate and be smarter about how you're allocating among the channels, which we've seen. We've seen that happen. That's why we've employed machine learning is to suss those kind of discoveries out,
0: unlock those things. I would imagine that's fairly transformative for larger brands. Like all of a sudden, you guys become heroic, trying especially if they start making those decisions. What's been the reception to this? Like the the idea of MMM has been around for a while, but obviously you guys do it like with a slightly different skew here. I mean, what's been the response to this type of modeling for these larger brands? and examples of maybe lift in some cases where you're making really smart decisions on the buying side that really affect things downstream, not just incrementally, but maybe exponentially in some cases. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's been great for some customers. They've seen enormous lifts spending more on, let's say TV or TikTok or certain channels where they were nervous about allocating more budget and they did it and they exceeded revenue goals or new customer acquisition goals for the month, which has been really exciting. It's really been a lot of fun because I think at Nordbeam, we generally care about our customers doing really well. And to your point, it is a transformative time. It's exciting, but you know we humbly approach it and do the best we can. All models are wrong. No one's 100%. We're just, But we have seen
0: incredible results for customers so far. Mm. To such a point where we're talking about complete reallocations of budgets. Yes. I mean, to be clear, I think you, Brian, know this stuff. We're conservative. Northbeam is a company that is always
1: tries to be conservative in our approach because when we're making recommendations to customers, this is their business. This is their profitability. This is the stuff is not to be taken lightly. So we generally start with a conservative reallocation. We're not going to, we don't want to do something overly risky that would, even if it could be a lot better, to be clear, we just want to go one step at a time. So we're looking for incremental improvements, right? Suss out the incremental value per channel, which we also report on. What is the incremental ROAS for Facebook? What's the incremental ROAS for TikTok, YouTube, so on and so forth. So we're watching carefully and learning. We don't want to say, let's reallocate everything in the first month. That's risky. We want to learn so that we can start taking bigger swings
0: over time in the reallocation. So we have a number of customers in common. And I think one of the big haws for us at one point was not necessarily obviously working alongside, I think in this particular case, in one particular client case, alongside Solutions 8 and their agency is really working together between two channels and having both channels communicate with each other. But then we started to test in a small way, just like what you're saying, small budgets on new, really varied types of creative that all of a sudden got an enormous amount of lift, which uh, on the direct response side, and then transferred that over to the Google side. I don't even know where they're using some of those additional creatives on a front end, oftentimes reallocation of marketing mix is not necessarily dependent on how things are today. It's really revamping the strategy for that particular channel. It's like finding a new message or a new avatar or a new way to approach the same product. And all of a sudden, that's where you really see the lift. And then that just bleeds into everything else. Mm-hmm. That's why media mix modeling isn't the be all end all. You still, you still need to optimize, like you're saying, inside of
1: every channel, focus on your creative, focus on your messaging. That's not media mix modeling. That's like you living inside of attribution day to day, hour to hour, looking at your creative, looking at your click through rate, your new customer visit rate, all the key metrics that are important to you per creative, per ad set, per channel, and really being in the weeds to your point. I don't think that's ever gonna go away. You're always gonna wanna be in the weeds with your team and figure out, okay, what can we do inside of each channel to make it perform better? That's always gonna be a key piece as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a more advanced strategy. I mean, I I like for a for a mid market company, let's say they wanna continue to aggressively grow ten to maybe fifty million dollars in revenue, considering a third party attribution software because stuff is starting to get muddy now. We're not really sure what is affecting which part of it? All platforms want to claim the last click attribution. Obviously, you know, the bottom of the funnel stuff is driving a lot of the revenue. What would you say to those companies that are in that crossroads? Is it dig deeper into your data or at that point in time, consider, you know, a third party attribution software like you guys?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I discourage people from paying for North Beam or any third-party tool until you've really understood your business and how to perform well on channels on their own, You know each channel. I think it's only when you're starting to say, look, we're really going to start scaling. We're going to invest in a lot of video content, a lot of new creative, and we're going to invest in it heavily. Then I think at that point, it makes sense to invest in whoever makes sense for you. To me, the operators, the direct consumer operators... They're heroes to me. There's an operator, his name is Jeremy. He runs, or works on a brand called Kitsch. A lot of these operators are just so good at being careful with their dollars and being smart. I just think optimizing each channel the best you can and focusing on getting each channel humming well is kind of the first step before you start. And then once you decide to really start investing, that's where I think something like Northbeam or whatever else makes a lot of sense. Yeah, makes
0: total sense. We've mentioned it throughout the show here, but where can people find you, Austin?
1: Oh, Austin at northbeam.io is my email. Northbeam.io is our website. M. Austin Harrison is uh, my Twitter handle.
0: Cool. Well, make sure you do check out the show notes here. We've been talking attribution, a lot of deeper level concepts here, but you as a business owner, as you continue to scale and grow, you're going to be dealing with these sorts of things. If you aren't already, if you're just starting out, probably not something that you have to worry about quite as much. We can use in-platform attribution models pretty effectively up into a certain level of scale. But at a certain point, you are going to start to need this deeper level of understanding. And you know, we certainly recommend NorthBeam here as a tremendous solution for it, especially if you're a client that is a little bit more on the sophisticated side And, you know, searching for that next level of scale sort of after you've gone through, maybe just try to determine all your different attribution channels through the individual ad platforms. Northbeam is a tremendous solution for you. So thanks for coming on today's show, Austin. And make sure wherever you're listening to today's show, subscribe and leave a rating and let us know what we can do better over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. And of course, follow me on LinkedIn and I suppose we'll give a shout out to Kasim as well, even though he couldn't come on today's show at Kasim Maslam over on Twitter and on all the socials. Go back and listen to previous episodes and make sure that you do check out our YouTube channel at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. Like I mentioned, all resources and show notes are at perpetualtraffic.com. Thank you so much for coming on this week's show, Austin. And until next show, see ya. See ya. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic.